0: I taught one lesson. I'm exhausted. (laughs) Can you hear my fan? Yeah. Shit. I have to melt. Yes, you will. You are listening to The Learning Factory. Please explain and justify your reasons for listening. Welcome back to The Learning Factory podcast, episode four. This week we are embracing technology and we're doing the universal remote zoom design what are we calling this universal remote design universal remote design completely messed that up much like all of my remote teaching completely messed it up and uh, we're talking about the yes. very topical zooming distance learning how many different names have you heard it called
1: oh a few it's it's one of those ones where remote was you know it was a really big word back in the 80s and 90s, you know, oh, I've got a telly. Does it have a remote? Is it a proper remote or a, a wired remote? Fast forward to March 2020 and and remotes back in vogue. And hopefully, hopefully it uh, it doesn't stick around long enough just to become the norm. I think there's a lot of a lot of good things in the workplace to have come out of the last 12 months, having to teach kids through a computer isn't isn't one of them.
0: That highlights some of the differences between growing up in Australia <laughs> in the eighties and growing up in Ireland in the nineties, where I was the TV remote. Get up and change that channel. Get up and change the channel. No, change it again. Change it again.
1: Did you have to get up and turn the volume down when the ads were on so they go quicker? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you imagine with no remote like Sky Plus or, or whatever it is. Fast forward through that. No, no, back, back, back. <laughs> the special kind of hell that is teaching children via zoom first of all heart goes out to any early years kindergarten or anything below about grade four teaching those over zoom they don't even know they can't even keep quiet in a class but
1: um it's definitely something and I
0: think for a subject like design practical doing
1: subject having to suddenly turn it around and do it remotely um can be can be quite a challenge and that's definitely a lot of teachers that i've been talking to over the last 6 months around the world they this is the one thing that they they say is, is the biggest challenge about how to how to keep the kids engaged how to still make it meaningful speaking to teachers all around the world over the last few months this is one of the the things that they um they find the biggest challenge, um, design being a very you know practical, hands-on type subject. To then suddenly have to be able to keep it meaningful and then teach it through an online you know synchronous platform can be a real challenge. And that's what whether you're it's challenging for a teacher that's, that's been teaching it for twenty plus years in MYP design. I can only imagine how challenging it is for teachers that are, are brand new to MYP design. And that, that may be because they're just new to teaching or maybe they've come to design from another subject area where they had a bit of an idea of how to do it in the classroom because maybe they're watching it and then all of a sudden it's it's all changed. And from what I've seen, what they've done, they're all doing a tremendous job. Yeah, But they just are itching for ideas as to how to how to keep it engaging and keep the kids
0: motivated. Well, yeah, that's it, isn't it? If you teach design in person you have that sort of motivation from the kids. They're in the design room. They know there's going to be some sort of hands-on activity nine times out of 10, nine classes out of 10. And when you're on Zoom, they just know from the very offset of each class, it's not going to be like that. So that enthusiasm drops straight away. It's very hard to, to motivate kids if you're so used to just having that sort of instant buy-in. If you're a hands-on teacher, it's really hard to get that across through the screen. And then you've got the added things of like kids not wanting to be, they don't want to be there. They don't want to be on Zoom, one. They're at home, so they're in that relaxation mode or they've just been stuck in their home, so they're frustrated and their brother's been at them and the internet's not working and blah, blah, blah. All these other million other things. And then you somehow have to make them care about design for, for an hour or whatever. So you're fighting up a battle from the outset um, when you when you get going into this. <laughs>
1: And that's it. And it's all it, it's very much different people in different settings have very different stories. And which is the case with us, right? Where last year we had remote learning being in the very privileged position where touch wood, we have got through uh, three quarters of the year where we've maintained face to face teaching, whereas your school, you've gone through three quarters of the year and had your first day with face to face teaching.
0: Yeah, I'm exhausted today, um, because better than that, even I had I had one class of face-to-face teaching because we're doing a phase return, and two classes of Zoom. So I've had the best of both worlds or the worst of both worlds today. So I'm Ooh, absolutely exhausted.
1: The old hybrid, the hybrid approach. Yeah,
0: and we have students that can't come back for whatever reason, and we have students. So we're 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 not quite doing like both Zoom and in in person in the same room. It's challenging to say the least. But you're sort of feeding off the enthusiasm of the people who are returning. So there's that light at the end of the tunnel for everyone. It is amazing when you go back and, and it's, it, it's just a matter of time. It's, it's not a case of like, we're going to be on this indefinitely. Everyone's, everyone will be back. It just might take some more than others.
1: What we've got to go through today, I've basically gathered some some questions and, and issues that people that done workshops and stuff with over the last six months have come up with them. And given that you're in a better place to answer them than I am, Dave, I'm going to pick your brain. Ooh. And I'll just spend the next 40 minutes nodding my head saying, mm, good point. Yes.
0: Mm. Yes. yes. Mm. Didn't
1: think of that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. The first thing that um, has come up a lot in conversation with people is about the structure that you can keep with design obviously when we're in the classroom um, a material design class we're in a workshop we've sort of you know you get into that rhythm as the, the year goes through and then suddenly you don't have that anymore when kids no longer have the access to material to the equipment how do you go about that with the way you're, you're structuring your program?
0: The temptation at the start was to go digital with everything. So every product or every unit became a digital design unit. So we had a lot of, we had a lot of video. We had a lot of animation, graphic design, websites, apps, but there comes a point where then you're getting it. You're getting it in the ear from the counselors to say, oh, art and PE and design, you guys are sort of our way out with well-being we need you to be more active. We need you to give the kids a break from, from their science class, which is all on screen, their English class, which is all on screen, whatever else. So then there comes the tipping point where you need to go, right. We need to start making stuff. It's really, really sort of difficult. Then when you have 20 different kids in 20 different situations and you're asking them what they have, it, there's an awful lot of uh, front loading and and everything just slows down, slows right down. Uh, we've, we've made up surveys to see what kids had. We've, Asked them to take us for walks around their house to see what they had, because in some cases, for especially for the younger students in six to eight, they don't know what they actually have in the house. They don't know what's what's useful. We're like, okay, do you have any cardboard? And they're like, no. Like, right, take us to the kitchen. Open up the cupboards. There you go. There's there's some cereal boxes. Take the bag out, and now you've got materials. And they're like, oh yeah, I didn't think of that. And that's twenty minutes (laughs) (laughs) Uh, or tin cans. Yeah, or we spoke about it in a previous, uh, the units episode where we were talking about kids like big borrowing and stealing sort of rubbish. So that was a good one for getting stuff. And then you get the situation where kids are in quarantine. If you're in the international circuit, you've got kids that are moving around quite a bit. Maybe they're trying to join their parents. Maybe their parents are moving for work or whatever else. So the kids are in quarantine. They're in a hotel. Maybe it's not the best hotel. Wi-Fi is a bit spotty. But if you do get a connection, they're not going to make anything in the hotel room unless they're making a blanket fort and there's only so much units you can get out of building a fort to be
1: able to tolerate your parents and your siblings for, for two weeks in a confined space. You're probably using whatever Wi-Fi you can get for a bit of Netflix or, or whatever.
0: Yeah. You're probably right. not
1: wanting to tune into Mr. McMahon and his design class.
0: Yeah. Well, that's, that's another issue. Like you, you can get all these sort of monitoring programs to see if the kids are on task and you can check out what browser tabs they have open and, I've got mixed feelings about that at the best of times in terms of like privacy, but I'm fully aware that if I'm on Zoom, I am way down the list of browser tabs there. There's Netflix, there's YouTube, there's Discord server, chat's going on, there's every sort of thing. Steam is updating a million gigabyte game in the background, so if they hear five words I'm saying, um, I'm doing really well. I think you just have to accept you are not the most interesting thing in the world. But you also have to accept that and say, I need to be more interesting, don't I?
1: On that as well, if you're in a situation where, for example, in um, in Lahore last week, they were going on their, their, their midterm break and they were told as they were going on their midterm break that when they returned after one week, it would be returning to remote learning. In that situation, would you try and quickly put together some material packs for for certain classes for those kids to take back with you then thinking, okay, if we're remote learning for two, three weeks after that, at least I know every kid's got this at home so we can have some sort of structure with the class.
0: Yeah. If you're in that position where you can do that, that's awesome. We were able to put together um, sort of a request sheet. It was in a Google form and the kids were able to request whatever they needed or if they felt they needed and then we put together the bags over the course of a week and they were all left out by the gate of the school. So if you can do that and kids can actually get the stuff, it's awesome. You have that sort of base level of stuff that they have. Otherwise, you have to bite the bullet and go to digital sort of like modeling stuff using programs like Tinkercad or, or whatever your school is using as a CAD program. That's the most basic yeah. one, isn't it? But again, that's still yeah. on the screen and it's it's not ideal. And especially if you're dealing with Students who have zero experience of that. You're dealing with a bunch of grade sixes who might never have seen CAD before. And you're telling them, here's this program that I'd love to be able to walk you through. But
1: I'm still learning it myself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Tra- like I was trying to push, push some MYP fours onto Fusion 360 and trying to push their skills. And I just gave up after a while because I was like, they're super comfortable here. This is the one thing they've gotten comfortable with over things. This is a bit Sisyphian." Um, this isn't worth pushing this stone up this hill when they're quite happy in Tinkercad. Some of them were even yeah. saying like, can I do this in Minecraft? I was like, uh, yeah, if you get good results, fire away.
1: Yeah, and I think that also then you, you can look at it where obviously this whole situation, is, it's made teachers think about the way they deliver their, their subject, make them think about well, what's important, what, what can we trim down, what do we have to keep going? So I guess it's really brought that focus back to differentiation, which we all know there's teachers out there that do it really well. And there's teachers out there that don't even know what the word means. How many Fs are in that word? That can sometimes be, you know, someone might know what it means, but they might actually do it really well in their class. That ability to be able to adapt what you're doing for each situation is something that can be be very valuable.
0: Yeah, I reckon... Uh, flexibility you know like you're sitting in an interview you're in a million million people and you are sitting in a hotel in bangkok remember when that used to happen and you're all scratching on for a job and your keywords are i'm flexible i'm adaptable i'm all this Here's the acid test. If you're an administrator in school and you've heard this from your teachers, going, "Yeah, I'm really flexible. I'm, I, I can deal with the unexpected situations." In their interview, and now they're the ones that are crying on Zoom. Or you see the people who really yeah. shine. Hopefully, everybody. Yeah. I think everyone's been pretty flexible. I can't can't really think of any of any of teacher really that hasn't been willing to just get up and go, "Yeah, what are we doing today? That didn't yeah. work. Let's move on and do something else."
1: So that that sort of leads me to the next uh, point. That's quite common. Is about maintaining that motivation with the students where we're in a traditional classroom setting in you know in the workshop we might have units that are 12 plus weeks quite easy to keep them motivated you know you can bring in little skill sessions that type of thing but when you're like you've just been where you've gone sort of six months remote learning how do you keep the kids motivated whether you're seeing them twice a week three times a week what, what's your approach
0: the biggest thing i so the easiest thing is to split it down into smaller little, smaller projects do like you were saying bc challenges we got students to do criteria d in isolation where they just disassembled something and evaluated it that could be a as well couldn't it existing products so you you first of all think of the activity then you think of how that fits into your requirements of of what's actually being asked to you, because I think there's a lot of flexibility from coordinators and things like that. They were, they're just going, just keep the kids on task, keep them interested. That's the main thing. We'll worry about all the other requirements later. So I think you think about your tasks, you think about if you were a student, how quickly would you get bored of this? And then maybe half that estimate. And then you've got a decent time for that task. So if you're thinking, Oh, this would be cool to do for a month now, fortnight cap it, move on something new something interesting. And I haven't always done that myself and I've stretched it out too much and I've paid the price with blank screens and yeah, and emails.
1: And that's the thing where you have those requirements for grade 10. They they need to do one full design cycle in a unit. They must have that as a requirement. That's still okay to break that up into tasks. It doesn't have to just be one big long one huge summative. Basically, you're just saying, okay, we're still assessing the 16 strands in this unit, but these might be 16 tasks to go towards this. Yeah, yeah.
0: And just chunking it up, chunking it up for yourself as well. Because as you said, that, where, where was that school, Lahore? So they found out with a couple of days notice that they were going on distance learning or remote learning?
1: Well, they, they got the, the possibility. And then the the afternoon where they were all breaking up, I think the staff found out as the kids were going home that that was going to happen.
0: So if you've, been, if you've been planning a 12-week unit and then on the Friday where you're finishing up, I don't know, criteria B, you know how to change everything you're up shit creek then so if you try and plan short term even even if you are back at school i'd say don't bank on being there for the whole year
1: i guess it's also if you've if you've been on remote learning you've sort of been racking your brain and you get through it and you get back to face to face and you think oh shit fuck i never thought i'd be so happy to walk into fucking grade six on a monday morning and then you just get back into that rhythm and then it's off again that's when you think oh god fuck give me strength i can't do it
0: and I was I was doing a playground supervision duty today, and I was never happier to watch people be terrible at soccer. It was it was just the most yeah. wonderful thing to watch kids kick a ball around. Not even in my class, like they were. Everyone was dicking around at the end of class because we were done with whatever we were going to do. And and it was I was like I didn't have the heart to tell them stay on task. It's day one back. I was like just chat, just enjoy the whole thing. So it's it can be soul-sapping. And then we we've had it a few times here where we've been going back. Oh no, we're not. Oh, we're going back. No, we're not. So yeah. the, I think you take every week as it comes, like back to you, back to the point, like you got to have short term plans that maybe fit into a longer term plan overall. Bit of foresight. Yeah. But keep it fairly handy. with
1: Exactly. It's a, like get some perspective about where it fits in, because at the end of the day, a 13 year old working out how well they met the design, the design specifications isn't their priority when they come back to, to school. And and this is something that we did last year. We made the focus was about well-being and it was about reconnecting, being human again, as opposed to just being a face on a screen.
0: Yeah. If you start Nathan on about assessment, you're going to get them to state how disinterested they are. They're going to explain why you're wrong and they're going to justify while they walk out the door and talk to each other. So that's the only, the only that, that was a terrible, terrible like attempt at a teacher joke, wasn't it? But I enjoyed it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but I guess one of one of the things, one of the things that um that I noticed last year about we where you're sort of looking at things by strands and you know coming up with little tasks and stuff. Where we were just back from remote learning and we were looking at ways to you know cover the different strands in a different kind of way. You you took that photo of the of the task we just got the kids to to do. Oh yeah, got them to I to think about what strands they may have just covered and they sort of were thinking well I've made something so I've done some technical skills or that type of thing and then you you listed it all off. Having people sort of think in that frame of mind can allow them to bring in some more creativity or different ideas just to be able to maintain that motivation.
0: I think we got up to 13 strands out of one photo we might have been scratching around there a bit at the bottom of the barrel but you can get a lot out of one task if you really really think about it and you really sort of use some creative thinking
1: if you're interested as to what that photo looks like you can keep an eye out for that dave might even put that on the little blue bird later Ooh. on and,
0: uh, i might figure out how to put yeah. it in the show notes if, if i if i oh that, that'd be technical skills wouldn't it yep watch Ooh. me fail at that now i promised i've over promised the under door david
1: god <laughs> you know we're getting high tech i'm gonna have to sit down <laughs>
0: Oh, carefully don't sit in one of those chairs we made in the last week's unit. Wouldn't hold you. <laughs> that criteria exercise, I was speaking to a personal project moderator, not to, not to use a dirty word like personal project, but there you go. Um, I was talking to a personal project moderator and they explained that- That's clean. Community projects a dirty word. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, I was talking to a personal project moderator and they, they were saying the way they grade is that they, they're looking, they're scratching around for strands all the time. So it's quite formulaic in terms of like the way you write the project a lot of the time, but they're constantly looking like they're down in the reflection section and they're saying, oh, this could be research from criteria A for the project. And they're, they're constantly like back and forth between them. And I think that's probably a little bit of a mindset that I've now started taking into this activities based remote learning. And, and when we come back face to face, the small one off activities that we're doing, I'm like, oh, this could be D, this could be C, this could be B. And if I have a conversation with a student, well, then that's A, because we're, we're researching, we're exploring different things, we're justifying to each other what we're doing. And, and conversation can be okay. Maybe not if you're doing like a, an e-assessment or you're getting something moderated, but definitely if you're just internally assessing.
1: Looking at that way of where you're going to make a, a permanent change of the way you, you teach the course, that's when it then it comes down to, to you needing to, not needing, but wanting to do that as a teacher as opposed to just saying, right, we're back. I can go back to what I've done for the last 10 years now.
0: Dust off your overhead projector sheets and off you go again. Mm. I think, yeah, like last year we made some changes to the way we approach design and there are things that are still going to carry through into face-to-face learning for the foreseeable, aren't they? Like benefits of remote. One thing for me is the, the way in which I plan lessons. Now, I, I was once told in university that um, – if you're still planning lessons by year three of teaching, you need to consider a different career or that your lesson plans should fit on the back of a cigarette box and they shouldn't be any bigger.
1: I write lesson plans every class.
0: Okay, cool. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But like, yeah, if you're, if you're writing up what you're doing for the remote learners um, and you, then you move into like a hybrid thing where you're, you're writing it up for the remote learners, but also you've got people in the room. If you continue writing up what you were going to do on your school information system, Manage Back or whatever you're using, insert other learning management system here, I don't know. You can then use that to for your differentiation. For those kids who did, didn't quite get it at the time in the room, they can then revisit that online perhaps. So there's yeah. there's yeah. benefits and stuff like that. Like if you're putting everything up twice, it's a lot of work, but it helps.
1: I guess that leads into my, my next question that I would ask you is, what do you feel is a good breakdown between synchronous and asynchronous learning
0: like where do you know
1: what those words mean Dave one
0: of them's one of them's them's together and the
1: other one is like got an a in front of it
0: yeah what do you you mean by the breakdown though what are you talking about the breakdown between the two so for example
1: if like I see my design kids twice a week for 65 minutes a week Mm. so I might say to them right the the first session we're going to all be on there we're going to talk you go through like a like a classroom not a talk chalk um, and talk type thing but basically show some examples or demonstrate something whatever it is whatever it's going to be and then the kids are then asking questions talking about that like it's a you're actively teaching through whatever platform you're using the second hour of the week because they're operating on a timetable
0: yeah
1: I might. Like, Check in with them. G'day, boys and girls. How you all going? Good to see you back. Good to see you got your Wi-Fi. <laughs> I will stay on this, this call for this hour, but I want you to go away and, and do this and just check back in at the end of the class. Yeah. Or, so that's one way, or they know for that second hour of the week they need to be working on design, but they don't actually have to onto Zoom or Google Meets or whatever. They just know that you're you're available then so they can shoot off an email or or it's not actually face to face. They've still got a structured, you know, you've told them what it is they need to do in that next session, but you're not actually on delivering
0: delivering quality content. Yeah. Higher
1: quality than this podcast. I
0: think if you're a teacher who's saying like, oh, I, I need the formula for what you do know, I'm gonna you're gonna hate me. Because I think actually the best thing you can do is switch it up every now and again. If you've got lesson one of the week is delivering content and teaching and learning and lesson two is office hours as you say. I think yeah that's a good model to start with but then every now and again you need to have something different like we had show and tell days we had sort of shark Tank dragon's Den sort of things for ideas we had completely flipped classroom stuff where I would record a, a demo and send it out a day in advance and then we just wouldn't have a zoom um but we yeah. have sort of a check-in mechanism where they had to post to a Padlet or something like that. So I think varying it up maybe every every two weeks or so. If you're seeing them, say, four times over two weeks or five times over two weeks, one of those four or five lessons, just something something different. But what's worked well for me has been the the office hours model yep. and the, the short check-ins. Nobody wants to sit there and listen to me for 40 minutes, except for the listeners of this podcast, of course. But they get a bit of variety with you, I suppose. Nobody wants to actually <laughs> sit down and, and, and be taught design because... What what are you talking about for forty minutes? What like what is there? Are you are you just explaining the criteria strands? Are you pontificating about command terms? I, I'm not I'm not sure. Maybe you can talk about it for forty minutes, but I don't know if I'd even be interested in listening to that. And that's where
1: it comes down to a bit of the decisions made by admin at a school, right? Or you know, often in design where we get the fucking raw end of the stick in in timetable and contact hours and everything. We also get it when they come up with these remote learning policies that might
0: have something to do with the fact that we ask for like five and six thousand dollar laser colors occasionally and and yeah yeah i we're we're all trying to best like it i think uh, the best models i've seen have been where it's been short check-ins live and then the rest of the time is the kids on and just having lots of check-ins lots of monitoring sort of lots of checkpoints because so, i think in a design unit you usually have about five checkpoints per unit where you, you actually get to see the progress and whatever else one per criteria, and then maybe one at the end. But you've got to you've got to double that. Yep. You've got to be you've got to be checking in on work live a lot more, and, and providing feedback a bit more and a bit more practical feedback, yep. not just referring them to the task sheet or, or spouting command terms back at them.
1: Yeah. So, what would you say if if uh, if someone said, "Well, you, you've sounded like you're quite fucking knowledgeable for the last forty minutes or so," there, David. What's your number one out of everything? you've talked about tonight with remote learning what's your number one tip or light bulb moment that you've had with remote learning that you would say this is something that i would highly recommend that you do
0: pick a kid in your class that is not really into design not like super against it um, but just pick an average kid uh, kind of a average joe or jane or whatever and just say would they be interested in what we're doing today be 110% of of what you were going to be then and just be like, like you're on TV, just be super into it. Fake it till you make it like be, all right, I'm aiming this at the person who's not really into this. So I need to make it exciting for them because then you're dragging everyone else up to that level. And then the people who are super into it, you're hoping that they set everyone else off and turn on their cameras and maybe even enter into a discussion in a breakout room or whatever. And that just being super enthusiastic, flexible, and aiming at the kid who, definitely doesn't want to be there and, and seeing if you can latch on and get something out of them and you'd be going all right. I think,
1: obviously we've talked
0: you know, a lot of the, the
1: serious side of, of uh, remote learning, Um, but just like in a classroom where shit goes (laughs) south sometimes, what's, what are some of your universal remote fuck ups that you've had or, you know, not necessarily a fuck up, but just funny
0: situation. Oh, aside from like the obvious, just being being on the wrong call, like and going, where the hell is everyone? And they're all like beating down your door at emails, going, where the fuck is this lesson? <laughs> it's lo- loads of those that happens once a week. <laughs> oh, sorry, I was in the room on the third floor. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I was in the I was in the waiting room. No, you weren't. You're lying. It'll, no, it's pretty good uh that's just a that's a daily shit show especially if you're a homeroom teacher that's just a joke what, does anyone have the link for the music class does anyone know where LNL is it's like it's probably on your computer just just saying like it's been there for the last 12 weeks it's probably on your computer somewhere yeah we've had a couple of people kids kids have been resourceful man they've they've been quality we've had a lot of kids like to change their name to reconnecting on zoom and then turn off their camera so then they're like, oh uh yeah, we're having little little Mary. Yeah. Uh we'll just pause the class there for a second and wait till everyone reconnects. And the kids are just behind the screen rubbing their hands and going, ha ha, nice one. Good work, Dial. Good work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, private chat. Private chat. You're awesome, you got him. Love. <laughs> you get a lot of those. You get I, I love when I call on a student that you just know is downstairs, head in the fridge, looking for something to eat, and his computer's upstairs. And you go. <laughs> Jimmy, uh, what do you think about that uh, discussion topic? And then just crickets and everyone's just laughing and it's thumbs up and crying, laughing faces and, and reactions. And then you ask to unmute or you send them a private message and then they come back like nothing. Yes. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> I was thinking, and it's 10 minutes later, <laughs> or class has ended and you go, all right, everyone can go. And you've got two screens, kids who have clearly left are on netflix and you just, stay, you just stay there and you're making you're making silly faces into the camera and waiting for them to realize that they're the only people left in the room it's like guys who fall asleep in in church or whatever and you just wait to wake up so it's like yeah
1: the, the virtual the virtual version of playing dead ants with kids where they have to lie on the ground and be still and then you always get those kids that fall asleep and everyone has to tiptoe <laughs> off to the next class while they continue to snore and then you then you're like the asshole teach it. Do I fucking wake him up or do I just let them keep sleeping? I'm
0: more impressed that you had an actual classroom activity where you, the children were able to lie down on the ground and fall asleep.
1: Well, this was back in, you know, I wasn't teaching design at the time. Oh, I was, but I, I had the other string where I was teaching two-year-old physical education as Go well. Go for a little
0: so. sleep. Ah, it's physical education. Teach them how to sleep. Brilliant. Uh, we did have an absolute gold idea, which the staff took on where students figured out how to use a GIF of themselves as a, as a virtual background. So they made a GIF of themselves paying attention. (laughs) So there's the odd head tilt and nod and look down at the notebook and maybe reach for a pen, (laughs) sip of water and then look at the camera again, dead on and like a 30 second loop, just stick it on. So they've gone and you're thinking perfect attention. I don't need to ask them any questions because they're paying attention. They've they're the only one with the camera on. Oh my God. They're amazing. And then just not there. So there's a couple, I'd say there's a couple of people in, in Zoom staff meetings that have, that have pulled that one where they're frantically like gr- grading. or something, And then that. suddenly,
1: suddenly a, a younger sibling appears out of the head as they've broken the bloody virtual background. Oh,
0: the endless amount of pets. I'm completely in the camp of if a pet appears, I'm derailing the whole lesson. I could be, I could be teaching grade 12, like halfway through a topic test. And I'd be like, oh, whose cat is that? Show us the cat. What's the cat's name? Is that a puppy? Oh, let's all have a look at the puppy. Virtually rubbing the puppy's head. I'm like, this is just some excitement. We need to capitalize on the interest it's had in the puppy here.
1: Tell you what, remote learning definitely changed you, Dave, because you were
0: not a cat fan at ah, all. Loveless creatures. Loveless creatures. But hey, they stand on keyboards, and it's kind of funny when that appears in the chat.
1: Well, you guess they can't eat your soul through the computer, no, can they?
0: Zoom and remote learning has eaten my soul away just on its own. That's a fantastic way to end, end ah, that, isn't it? It is.
1: So uh, on that note, um, because I've just checked in my triple A batteries in my universal remote look like they're on the on the blink.
0: Mine's the last day on the back of the coach.
1: We might leave it there that week. Uh, this week, hopefully something was useful, but more likely now you know what not to do when you're trying remote learning, and hopefully it's you're in a situation where you don't have to worry about these tips for much longer, as the sense of normality slowly oozes from vaccination syringe that's, to vaccination syringe that's
0: that's an awful awful metaphor it is
1: um <laughs> i sort of wasn't sure where i was going with that one for a while oh, and there's um, some
0: quality b-roll there tried
1: to tried to climb out of the hole and managed to slip further into it
0: yeah there is light at the end of the virtual tunnel there isn't a good metaphor anyway it, it will end sooner or later but uh, it will, it will. Uh, Yeah. So that's handy, handy tips for zoom that weren't so handy. They were just us sharing our experiences. Um, If you get caught using the virtual background trick in a staff meeting, the learning factory podcast takes absolutely no liability for your contract being terminated please address all complaints to someone else what are we talking about next week
1: well next week let's uh talk about some of those times where we're in a canoe heading up a a certain creek and the the paddle's gone through the fucking bandsaw (laughs) and
0: uh it's all gone to custard what do you do Yeah. yeah worst classes ever and and ways to solve them maybe or at least avoid the things that we did to get ourselves into those situations
1: well i think yeah it's just at the end of the day as long as no one bloody lost an arm it's it's a learning experience yeah as
0: long as there isn't claret everywhere it's a good lesson i think if everyone can still count to 10 without having to take off their shoes and socks that's a good lesson all right so next week we'll be talking about the worst lessons ever worst classes ever join us then thanks for listening
1: yes happy days
0: universal remote (laughs) sorry I've just got that it's been a day Uh... (laughs) you have been listening to the learning factory thank you for your attention end of recording